welcome to Make That Paper, the show where we talk about all the crazy jobs we do to make the cash we need to pursue our artistic dreams. And to finally throw down for the mattress in a box that will change your life forever. It will. We'll ask him if it did. We're talking about that almighty unemployment pursuit. And before that, the improvisation, education, occupation. And before that, even more living off the state. But prior to that, being a part of the J Crew crew. We are your hosts, Jamie Parker Stickle and Jason Bieber. And on this episode, we are talking to a guy who's so funny. Laugh is literally a part of his name. When he's not teaching improvisers how to milk a scene for every last drop of comedy gold, he's practicing what he preaches on all the funniest shows on television. Yeah, you just watched him close up shop on a four-year run as Earl on NBC's Superstore. You can hear him voice a bald eagle in the animated Comedy Central series Lofi, and he was a recurring cast member on TBS's hilarious show, Wrecked. Now he's working on the podcast circuit and we are psyched to welcome to the show our good friend the insanely hilarious actor profoundly insightful teacher and moderately intimidating security guard will mclaughlin yeah yeah all that i hope hope you two are proud of yourselves we (laughs) are done now thank you for being on the show (laughs) you guys put so much work into that that's crazy we, we we spend a solid six or seven minutes on this. This is why we harass you the morning of and like, hey, bitch, get us your stuff. Just kidding. <laughs> but it worked. Uh, I, uh, I got on it. You did. Thank you. Thank you. I, I feel like it was worth it. This may be our best intro yet. Maybe. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have to listen to the history of these shows. How, ma- how many podcasts are in this? Um, oh, yeah. History of the series. The history of the this series. This is uh, well. This is season four. You're on season four. Um, we've had some, you know, shorter seasons because of COVID. Uh-huh. Like the first season got cut a little short. We're pretty random. We're pretty. We, we basically do a bunch of episodes and give up and then start what, again. What is podcast season? Ah, uh, it's when you stop. It's when you're like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> We've, it's like sitcoms where it's a twenty-two order episode. episode exactly, order. we've got a, we've got an order for twenty-two, except we stopped after six or five. It's a it's nine to a dozen. Yeah, we're around nine to a dozen. Nine you know, to a dozen per because season. Black History Month, we wanted to really pack Black History Month and really highlight all the creatives for that yeah. month. So, so season three is long. You've got a lot of listening to do. Yeah, we did. I we did. Know. We did about fifteen in season three. Oh my God, we have huge, huge stars, huge stars. Tracy Toms. Oh my God, she's not. In, no, she's in season four. Oh, she's in season four. She's with you. God damn it, Justin Chu Carey. Oh my God, oh my God, it's such a good. Is, has Bob Clendenin been on this show? Season, season four, four with you, buddy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah. See, you're 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 in really good. All the greats. All, All the greats. Yeah, the, the legends. Season four is the legend season. Well. They call me legends. So. Yeah. Well, we do. In our house, we re- regularly refer to you as the legend improv teacher. The legend of Will McLaughlin. asking me, too, before we were rolling, are you both still in Los Angeles, or have you moved? Or? Yeah. No, we are diehard LA. What are you talking about? Yeah. Although we have... <laughs> I didn't mean it to, as a throwdown. Full <laughs> question. How dare you, How dare you insinuate <laughs> that we might relocate? You sound like my agent. Are you done acting now that you've had a baby? <laughs> Yeah, bitch. That's what happened. <laughs> Fuck you. I walked. I'm done acting because you stopped submitting me. 
<laughs> True story. Um, Jamie, you got fat. No, this is a child. God damn it. Whatever. Life goes on. I wonder if she listens to this podcast. Well, we talk enough shit. We'll find out. <laughs> okay, but this isn't a podcast about us. This is a podcast about Will. Yeah. Who in his own bio online talks about his side hustles. It's yeah. very, it's very um, yeah. honest, self-deprecating, and also highlights all your good work. Well, I have no choice at this point in the game. <laughs> yeah. Someone <laughs> may be looking for you for a role, but then may realize they also need a window washer. Exactly. Or a sous chef. Yep. I know how to do it. I think that's the most interesting thing I read because we have not had anybody on this show that's been a sous chef before. And I really want to talk about that. Like, did you go to culinary school before improv school? What happened? No, it was, I mean, essentially I was a sous chef in Savannah, Georgia. And that just means the line cook who's on duty on the chef's day off. So, um, but they, uh, they make up for, uh, they make up for paying you any extra by calling you a sous chef. So I gotcha. That's the, uh, that's the deal there. Were you acting at that time? No, that was in uh, college. I didn't know how deep you wanted the bio to go, so oh, I gave. We'll you, go like, deep. It's totally. I you gave know. you all like college jobs, and There's I almost no, got nothing. Babysitting and mowing lawns uh, uh, on there. So we talked about my paper route at nine. Really? Nine, wow. nine to fourteen. Okay. Oh, and I'm from Michigan. In my house, you start working, you know, early. Go out to pasture. I was babysitting at 10 for five little boys. Uh, so uh, you're from Michigan. So apparently you're not that ride or die with L.A. So well, you're not born and bred here, Jamie. Well, it's been 18 years. She definitely, okay. I mean. This when whole you... podcast is a farce. He's <laughs> <laughs> trying to find loopholes. There are this no loopholes. out of order. Do you know that a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are actually Michiganders? Yeah, lots of, lots of like Michiganders. I like it. The Midwest loves us. <laughs> <laughs> it's my it's my accent. Yeah, it's comforting. Yeah. Is there is there a Michigan accent? You can't hear it. No, you've you. It sounds like you've completely eliminated it. Oh my God! Say sandwich. That's the nicest thing anyone's oh. ever said to me. I just what? had somebody call me two weeks ago and say I have a voiceover audition and I have to do a Michigan accent. Can you please record it for me so I can mimic your voice? And I was like, sure, because <laughs> I have like one of the strongest Michigan accents in LA. I think I just heard it when you said have. Yep. Yeah, probably. Have. Comes out late at night. Say sandwich. Like sandwich. This. No, that's not it. I can hear it. You can hear it. Sandwich. Bit. That's not it. What is it? when you offer our child a sandwich. Jack, you want a sandwich? <laughs> Whatever, shut up. <laughs> is this not about me? <laughs> this it could is a, be. A scintillating podcast. Yeah. Listen, um, we could go completely off the rails and just have this be the first episode of our therapy podcast. All right. So let's do this. Before we dip our toes back into the world of um, college, which we go back to often with people, let's start with when you move to L.A., and you had big dreams to be an actor. <laughs> well, first you moved to New York. For, oh, yeah. you did? Okay. So you went to New York. You had big dreams. You're like, I can afford this. How How <laughs> could you afford this? Let's start there. Uh, well, the the deal was I, I couldn't afford it. I kind of moved there on a dare uh, uh. In, 19, in 1996. Um, and I couch surfed for 
two months uh, until uh, I got my legs underneath me and was working two jobs and had enough money to put a deposit down on a place with, you know, three roommates and uh, stuff like that. So I wasn't, I wasn't affording it. I was paying for it. Um, but, um, uh, yeah. And that was, um, what was the uh, dare? What's that? What was the dare? Uh, well, I guess that's just my short, my shorthand term of, of saying, like I was, uh, I, w I went to the Savannah college of art and design. Uh, I was there for four years I'm four credits shy of a degree, uh, and I ended up staying there for five years longer than I should have, uh, and I was working two jobs, and uh, one of the jobs was cutting my hours back to three days a week, and the other job was bouncing checks to me, so I said, okay, it's time to move back home to Atlanta, and my mom said, okay, and I uh, went up there. Uh, long story short, I was there a week. I got into a huge fight with my mom and her boyfriend. I stormed out in the middle of the night and she said, where are you going? And I said, New York City. And I got on a bus with $400 in my pocket and my friend Nick was living there and I just stayed on their couch for two months and until I just found a way to make New York City work. So uh, that's that was the that was the dare. That's crazy. And was that with artistic ambition or was that like just getting out of Atlanta? It was just sheer desperation, like Richard Gere. I had nowhere else to go, so uh, or I could have just gone back to Savannah, but that would have been humiliating and a step backwards. But uh, uh, I knew Nick was in New York City, and I said, "All right, I'm just going to stay on his couch, and hopefully he won't kick me out." And he didn't. So thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. And then, how did you? And did you do improv in New York? Then is that? I think my artistic ambition started like when I was, I was there for, I, I remember that. So that was Labor Day weekend of 96 and uh, Christmas of 96. I spent uh, putting together, I'm like, Hey, as long as I'm here, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking try and be a writer for Letterman or Saturday Night live or, you know, some shit like that. Uh, and I guess you got to do stand up or, you know, whatever. So I started writing a stand up, uh, a stand up routine uh, on Christmas day of 96. Um, and I started, I think I did my first stand up set Memorial day of 97. Um, and I stay, I, I kept doing stand up for like three years. I was so bad. I was so terrible at it. Um, Don't believe I, you. And it was all Christmas themed. Don't believe you. And it was <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all, it all Christmas and runaway themed. Uh, <laughs> The uh, to, to to give you the short order of it, uh, my uh, my favorite comic at the time was Dennis Miller. So okay. my entire set was just like pop culture references and obscure words and you know stuff like that. Uh, so you know, real deep, real deep shit. You're like, yeah, very deep stuff. Um, and so, uh, but I was just doing it just because I thought that that hey, that's how you get a job as a writer on you know Conan or. Uh, Letterman or whatever. It turns out going to Harvard really helps a lot yeah. with, with those things. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then I'd heard some, I'd read some article online. I think this was in, uh, I didn't take my first class until 2001, but I'd read some article online about a writer from Conan O'Brien getting hired from uh, doing uh, improv at Upright Citizens Brigade. And I always knew there was some sort of connection between improv and 
you know, the stuff you see on Saturday Night Live. But the only improv I'd ever seen was Whose Line Is It Anyway? And, you know, not to, you know, not to clap on that. I mean, those are really super funny people. But I just didn't understand. How do you get from the game freeze tag to Matt Foley, motivational speaker? You know, how do you get from, uh, you know, the alphabet game to, uh, you know, unfrozen caveman lawyer? I just didn't understand what the connection was. So uh, I went to see a show at UCB Theater and I went, oh, this, this is, this is what I should have been doing. This is what I should have been doing. Take all my money. This is, this is the key. So, so uh, speaking, we're, we're speaking of money. Yeah. Speaking of all that money, you said you had uh, two, you got two jobs right when you got to the city. What yes. were you doing? Uh, well, the first job I, I took was there was like some hiring fair uh, that J crew was having. And, uh, and I was just like, all right, sure. I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I can, I mean, I'm not above anything at this point. Uh, I just didn't want to work in kitchens anymore just because I smell. Was well, there's rats in New York City and they're the size of your head. That is true. Um, but I have news for you. There are rats everywhere. That's, uh, and I'm definitely afraid of rats. I, I can't stand them. But uh, I didn't, I just didn't, was burned out on kitchens and stuff like that. So I just wanted a, a good desk job or, you know, something where I got to wear normal clothes. Uh, so, you know, J. Crew had a hiring fair. You know, I knew how to fucking song and dance them, so I got hired. Uh, and then also I got um, my friend Monmeet was working for uh, in human resources for a pharmaceutical advertising company. And uh, I was still I was trying to get temp work and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that's true. I was getting temp work and stuff like that. But then eventually I uh, got an administrative assistant job at, at the pharmaceutical advertising agency quit J crew. And then, you know, eventually since I knew how to song and dance them, uh, they made me a junior copywriter there. Oh my so God. Started, you know, writing copy and did just did not know what I was doing at all. Um, just, uh, a terrible at it. Just worse, worse than I, I was at standup. But, um, uh, yeah, but then that ended, uh, that, those were my first, that was like the first, uh, up to, uh, nine 11, uh, life in, uh, New York city. So, okay. Oh, this is like the deepest podcast you've done on the show. We're incredibly shallow here. We're incredibly shallow. (laughs) Hello, Make That Paper listeners. Thank you so much for subscribing to the show, rating us so highly, and writing such beautiful, glowing reviews. You guys did do that, didn't you? Don't pressure them, Jamie. I'm sure they have. And if they haven't, they're probably doing it right now let's talk about j crew for one second let's do um because the nice thing about okay so i've had some i've had some mall jobs or in new york i wouldn't be in the mall and be freestanding in somebody's apartment building j crew but i have <laughs> had my retail jobs and what i what i love as as an actor and like a young person in retail is they give you a wicked discount you're like oh you know, sure. and there's always there's always someone to trade shifts with. The shifts are good because you can work clothes and then, you know, have your days open to audition or go to classes or do some crap like that. They just don't pay very well. They're like eight bucks an hour. It's yeah. like you can't survive on what they pay. They had um because uh, in J. Crew they had like two sections. There was like durables and I I forget what the other I forget the, the other thing was. Yachting. But- yeah, <laughs> and I can't. I could never afford either section. Let's just start there. Monocle polishing. Yeah, full disclosure: your wedding dress was J. Crew. J. Yeah, Crew. I couldn't even afford a proper wedding dress, so I ordered one from J. Crew, which is not cheap, but it's cheap for yeah. wedding dresses. A couple hundred That's, bucks. 
and definitely. It, and uh, it's it was lovely. And it was beautiful. <laughs> it was gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like their clothes, fine. but you know, they gave us like a starter wardrobe. Yes, uh, we had to uh, we had to purchase the rest of our, uh, you know, the rest of our items. Yeah, uh, and we were told that that was uh, good because they said that you know, if you worked at Ralph Lauren, it's like they style you, they give you a haircut, they dress you, uh, or whatever, and they say if you don't look like this when you come into work, don't come into you know, don't come into work. Oh. I was like, wow, that's, that's a real sort of you know, uh, burn all the bridges. But um, uh, so J. Crew was letting me know that I was I had it pretty good. <laughs> I was in no, I was in no position to be glad. I, you're, you're not one of those polo assholes. Well, I was at Abercrombie for like the holidays. I was one of those people that you know came in and got a job for the holidays, and it's because I had oh, a friend who was a manager there all the time. But you know, all those retail places hire holiday help, like Christmas help. They need to like double staff. So, anyways. I, they were like, you have to wear our clothes, but we'll give you like 50% off the first three items, a pair of pants and two tops. And I was like, great. And um, then I just, you know, shopped the clearance section if I needed something else. But I wore those pants and those two tops every time I worked. <laughs> but they hired... That's why they called her Homeless Jamie. Homeless Jamie. Um, <laughs> they had greeters. Like, I didn't know what I was going to do. And they had hired models to be greeters at the front door, Right. So, anyways, you remember I did like not... the shirtless guy with the abs? But they were shut up easy. At least they weren't asking you to be one of these shirtless greeters. No, spraying. no. <laughs> but they had me go fill in until the girl came, and I was so embarrassed when she showed up. This like six foot one <laughs> to size two <laughs> tan in Michigan, and I was like, oh, wow. and I was like, did you tag out? I tagged out. <laughs> I tagged out. <laughs> I tagged out. Um, it Call was, me when you need a pee break. It was embarrassing. Um, no, it was it was actually kind of shitty. And they were like, "Oh, you're gonna go do stock now." So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> we can't even have you on the floor anymore. Not James. Uh, just report to the bowels of the floor. Like, why the hell? Why did I have to buy these clothes if I'm gonna be in the back stocking? Number one. Number two, it reminds me, you know, when I watched Superstore, it's just like I worked so many retail jobs at that yeah. show. I mean, when you were there, did you just feel like this is so real? Uh, it, it, I had a, a sense memory of it. Yeah, it, right? It, uh, whatever. But, I, but on Superstore, it was just a lot more. I just didn't like the, the clothes that they made Earl wear. And I was like, oh, God, this really? This is I like thought it was funny. I, uh, I was like, eh. <laughs> Um, you know, why can't I dress like Jonah? And then, like, eh, I know why I can't dress like Jonah. Yeah. Uh, Jonah well, couldn't afford Jonah's clothes. Marcus, what's that? Jonah could not afford Jonah's clothes. That yeah, character could not afford those clothes. Who's working that's at true. Cloud Nine? Okay, sorry, I derailed. Okay, so Jay Crew. <laughs> so, how did you get? I have to tell him though. So, Guy Nicolucci is one of our guests this season, also, and he was a writer for Conan. He's an Emmy Award. Uh, winning writer and he was one of the writers on Conan. He also dated all the girls you ever wanted to date. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> You're going to make me forget what I was going to say. Oh, but he did the same thing as you. He was copy editing mm -hmm. in New York. Oh, yeah. In New York City. So he did the same thing to get into Conan. Interesting. Oh. But he was, yeah, he was copy editing. Um, but I forgot. I have to listen to the episode because We've done so many episodes. Um, but I just think that's so funny that you both had the same idea and the same goal at sort of the same, around the same time. Did Guy go to Harvard? 
<laughs> might have gone to Harvard. He might have gone to Harvard. Might have been, yeah. Might have been. Uh, born 1970. He's just a year older than me. Bangor, Maine. Um, Leslie Hall Nicolucci, his wife. Hmm. Look at this no guy. Photo. No photo. We've got a sleuth. Oh, you want to see his photo? I'll show you guys photo. But since yeah. we're talking about the synchronicity of things, the um, synchronicity. The, more or less, like within a week, maybe even like same day that you came to New York is the day I left. Oh, wow. That's when I came out to California, uh, Labor Day, 96. You're a New York native? Yep. You had one other job before 9-11 that I, I'd like to know about, advertising award show coordinator. Oh, yeah. What the hell? Yeah, that was a, uh, that was a great job until they fired me. Um, As they all are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it was uh, it was it was it was called the One Club, and it was kind of a uh, it's kind of like the Academy Awards of advertising, um, and they would uh, different advertisers would send in their you know their print work and their TV commercials and whatever, and we would um, <clears throat> organize them, and then we would fly a bunch of judges off to like some exotic location just to get them away from their desks and their phones and stuff like that. Uh, and just have them judge. And so, like, the first year I went was Santa Fe, New Mexico. Uh, the second year was Barcelona. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, it was super cool. And they sent me to Brazil to hand deliver, you know, these things. It's like, great. It's on your dime. It's fine. That's amazing. Um, How do you get this yeah. job? Uh, it was weird. It was just like a word of mouth, going to a bar, talking to some people, saying that they were hiring. What so bar I'm, are you hanging out at? <laughs> You know, showing off my personality. Uh, yeah, and I think I only had that job for two years. Only like, that's 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 a stretch. Two years is good. Well, I mean, yeah, they, yeah, is, they I flew guess. you to like four different places, so they're obviously having this show, you know, multiple times a year. Yes. Well, no. Well, once a year. It's just once a year. Yeah, you did it for two years. You went to Barcelona. Yeah, so to Santa Fe was the first one. Barcelona was the second one. How did you, you get? You went to Brazil. Yeah, well, Brazil was some other thing that they wanted me to hand deliver because they didn't trust FedEx. So I was just a mule. You were okay. You it's had like a briefcase. I got sent to. Um, yeah, I had to shove all the ads up my butt. <laughs> I, I was I was an assistant, and I got sent to uh, the city of industry to hand deliver something because they didn't trust couriers. But yeah, you know, look, I got to drive a Beamer. I, I love a road trip. I love a road trip. The Bakersfield, City of Industry, anywhere. City of Industry. You know what? Yeah. I will take a drive to Bakersfield over the flight to Brazil. That's a long flight. <laughs> what do you have to do? Go all the way east and then all the way south? Like, right? To get I'm to not, I don't fly the plane. I don't know. <laughs> wow. I get in. Geography. 55 days go by and I wake up and I'm in I'm an upside down world. Oh, my God. Why did you lose this job? Did they can you or did you quit? Did you uh, did you they, actually shove the ads up your butt? They, yeah, that's, yeah. These ads have feces all over them. Um, <laughs> bad episode, Beaver. You're being terrible. The um, uh, It was it was a, a large, a big confluence of events. It was just a bunch of stuff that had snowballed. Um, they, the the straw that broke the camel's back, as I said, I said, so, sent something via FedEx and I sent it via, I, I, I said, I sent it via UPS and I sent it via FedEx and I lied, I lied about it, but that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. I think it was just, there was somebody else there who they knew I was due for a raise. Uh, there was somebody else who was there who they knew could do the job and they could do it, could do it for cheaper. 
So, uh, so in one week, in one week, my mom got diagnosed with inoperable lung cancer. Uh-huh. I was fired from the job at the One Club, and terrorists decide to fly planes into the uh, World Trade Center uh, buildings. So that was all in one banner week. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you had to find humor. It was forced <laughs> upon you. Yeah. 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 So, uh, uh, yeah. So a lot of stuff was uh, thrown into high relief that that week. So did you go back to Atlanta at that point? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't go back until I went back because they were just unsure of what my mom's condition was. Um, so I, I did go, I flew down on October 30th and, uh, it, it took her pretty quick. It, she, she didn't last a month. Um, but, uh, I was, I, you know, I was, I, I, I was glad that they fired me because I was able to file for unemployment and that kind of kept my, um, I kept my money going while I was down there. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah. And then after she died, I, uh, you know, her insurance policy left me with, uh, you know, a good cushion of money and nobody was, nobody was hiring and advertising shortly after nine 11. I mean, nobody was hiring in any yeah. creative industry. So I just kind of used that cushion of money and said, well, let me just take some acting classes and see if I can take a stab at this. And that's when I started my professional journey into, into acting. And no regrets, because here you are. Uh, I have several regrets. But, uh, <laughs> we'll get to those. <laughs> I have several regrets, but uh, and the industry didn't turn out how I wanted it to uh, turn out. But I would, uh, I wouldn't trade this industry for anything in the world. I love doing, yeah, love doing the job. So, you actually listed unemployment as one of your as one of your side jobs or one of your jobs. Um, well, <laughs> well, I listen. the name of the podcast is making that paper. Right? It sure is. It's, it's what I did to make paper. So it, it is. And, and yeah. you know what? I think that it's one perfectly valid. Um, we all, you know, well, I don't know if we all have, I've, I've done it. I'm doing it now. Um, yeah. And, you know, you did it right after, a, you know, a world shaking event. Um, yeah that sent a lot of people down the same path. And I think we're kind of right back there again. Yep. Um, so, I, you know, I, I'd like to actually talk about unemployment as, uh, you know, one of our jobs that gets us through as we're, you know, working on making our careers happen. Uh, absolutely. What do you want to talk about? Well, <laughs> just filling out the form every week. I was just looking at Jamie's face going, oh, she's going to. I mean, I mean, well, let's talk. Let's tell people, explain to people. She was all of a sudden tan in Michigan. <laughs> I think tan in Michigan is the name of her album, by the way. It, and it's a good album. Um, I think that the thing is that most people know what unemployment is, but don't always um, have a need for it because a lot of people still find a job and work at 20, 30 years, you know, or they're on that path. They've been at the same career who for 20 years now or 15 years. Um, I think we're getting past that though. Obviously, you know, a lot of people aren't doing staying at the same jobs and that's just yeah. not um, feasible. So unemployment though, for actors or I don't, I mean, writers on shows. Um, so like screenwriters, um, but it's a thing that carries us through after a job. So if you're on a show and it ends after a season or two seasons, you know, 
or even if you did a commercial, I know we know a lot of people who file for, for unemployment afterwards. Yeah. I mean, we're in a career where you are constantly being laid off. Laid off. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's approved. Auditions, a job interview. Every, yeah. yeah. You're going on, a, you're going on job interviews. Somebody said it really succinctly, like every single day it's a new job interview. So yeah. you're, you're never, you, you just never know when your next oh, job is. Good. If you're lucky, every single day is a job interview. Right, if you're lucky. Right, right. Sometimes you don't get a job interview for three goddamn months. That's uh, right. Jamie That's hasn't good. had a job interview in a year. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> when you do have a job... Jamie, and you quit the business. I mean, that's, yeah. You know. My baby's going to be six in a month. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the last time I saw you, Will. I was really, really big. Uh, yeah, it was six and a half years ago because it was at Jake's reading of his uh, pilot. Jake Fleischer. Jake Fleischer had a script. Yes. Oh, holy and you shit. were yeah. like, I just saw you were just in my class. And I was like, yeah, remember when I was sick all the time and hateful and didn't want to perform because <laughs> I had fucking morning sickness 24-7. You were like, oh, oh, so you're not a crazy person. It's like, no, I was pregnant, bitch. Um, yeah. yeah, it was good times. It was yeah. terrible. It was yeah, terrible. I, I, I was really uncomfortable with how often you called me bitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that vernacular really, is in my I mouth really right now. Yeah. I don't know what my deal with bitch is tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I never do that. I don't know what's happening. Jamie just feels <laughs> she feels a little ferocious tonight. I think. <laughs> it's my new Janice Joplin t-shirt. Yeah. I'm really feeling it. It's keeping into her by osmosis. Yeah. If you could just do me a solid and let this fly, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Here I think Bieber's ruining the podcast. Really, it's me. <laughs> Jason, you were terrible tonight. <laughs> yeah, you want to hear the back, Jamie? Okay. I can't stop laughing. I knew it was gonna be. There was this fifteen-minute period where you just called everyone a bitch. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Okay, I'm back. I'm uh, back. So unemployment, we don't have to dwell on it for super long, but you know, <laughs> it was too late. But you know, there is the stigma about it. There's the pain in the ass. I find it to be a real pain in the ass. Um, not once you've once you're like in the system and you're just like checking the boxes every week. It's it's yeah. it's pretty easy, but. But actually getting, filing yeah it's really hard especially for actors and and uh, writers and Hollywood. it's hard like they put you through the um ringer and then they make you take classes on how to get jobs if oh. not everybody but every now and again they make some they pick random and you have to take classes or like sign up for their what is it? I can't remember what it is where you have to learn or like look for jobs and, and they tag if you've been in the system doing your job, looking for another job actively. I think that's probably when situation is normal. Um, yes, I yes. I, COVID absolutely changed all mm -hmm. that stuff. I've never been asked any questions. I've never been. No, COVID's uh, different. I find the whole online system so streamlined, man. I just click those boxes as opposed to the first time I was on unemployment where I had to have somebody file for me and deposit the checks in my bank. Um, I couldn't just do it. I couldn't just do it online. So uh, there have been massive improvements from 2001 to 
to uh, uh, to twenty in <laughs> in in twenty years. Boy, there've been a lot of improvements. I know. <laughs> really going out on a really slender limb. They've, uh, they've streamlined man, not having a job. Yeah. Strides in twenty years. Yeah. Mark my words. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I found it pretty simple and easy. Um, yeah. For for COVID at least. For COVID. Uh, just because nobody has any other choices, you know, yeah. around. No, there's very few side hustles that anybody. So, can how do, did so. you end up in LA? Uh, so another dare. Um, it was. Uh, <laughs> this, I got to come good, up with a dare for the end of this episode. I'm going to. I'm going to. Like I had, I had um, there was some girl who I got way too invested in, uh, and uh, and she whatever broke it off with me. And uh, I said, I'm going to fucking California. There's nothing left for me here anymore. And they were like, "Where? when are you going to California? I'm like, right after this bear. Uh, and, um, and then everyone was like, uh, and then in the sober light of day, everyone was like, hey, so Will, are you going to California? And everyone was advising me against it. They were like, nobody goes to see live shows there. Uh, it's, you know, it's so hard to like, you know, uh, uh, break in to theatrical stuff and, uh, you know, whatever. And, um, I was like, Oh shit. And they're like, and if you, have you shot a law and order yet? Oh my God, don't go to LA until you've shot a law and order here. And they're going to wonder what's wrong with you. They're going to wonder what's happened. Why didn't that show touch you? They use so many people. Uh, and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, maybe I should, you know, postpone it. Um, and then, um, uh, uh, UCB guy, Chad Carter. I don't know if you guys know Chad Carter and all he's a performer and, uh, uh, teacher at UCB or was, and, uh, he uh he said hey so uh i think in like 2005 like october of 2005 he said hey so i i, I heard you were thinking about going out to california and i said uh yeah he goes well uh i'm headed out in november and i need a roommate you know do you want to be my roommate and i said are you, are you serious and he said yeah um and you know here's my account on apartment hunters apartment finder or yeah. whatever password uh look some stuff up or whatever so i mobilized and got my driver's license back flew out here to california so like there's a story that we're skipping over what is that oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> got my driver's license back yeah i had a dui in savannah georgia ah. and um uh, part of moving to new york city was hey don't need to drive a car there so uh don't need a driver's license got it. so uh, i had to do some work to get, uh, take defensive driving classes and and whatever to get my license back uh, so, um, came out here to LA, signed a lease on our apartment and then flew back and was ready to pack. I'd like, I flew out like Thanksgiving weekend. And so December 1st, I was ready to move, move out, but I booked a law and order. Um, <laughs> oh my God. As I landed, my agent called me and said, Hey, you booked a law and order. I'm like, okay, well, fuck, uh, I'm wow. getting ready to move. So, uh, all right. Um, booked a law and order and a, and a Conan bit. And so that was going to put everybody like, you know, nobody was going to be around to help me pack or help me move. So I just put it off to January 6th. I packed up our, my stuff and drove out here to LA. Seems worth it. Uh, yeah. Oh, also because, uh, uh, UCB theater had opened up a branch out here mm -hmm. already. They had done a soft open in September. And so, uh, I was like, I'm going to go get on the ground floor of that. Cause I didn't get on the ground floor in New York. So I'm like, they're going to, they're going to need me. Did you start working then right away or were you what at UCB or what were you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Seth, uh, cause we, you know, we were the new kids on the block and, uh, you know, offering classes, but didn't have a ton of people to teach them. So, uh, Seth Morris was the, 
creative director at the time. And he said, Hey, you interested in teaching classes? And I said, yes, please. And, um, and yeah, and found the only job I'm, I've ever been good at, uh, is teaching, teaching improv. And you are good at it. And you are good at it. Well, thank you. And there are a lot of really good transferable skills from teaching improv to the real world. Such as? Well, I'm, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> Another job that Will's been has has been had been doing uh, was you know the the using your car gig, uh-huh. um, yeah. driving Lyft, delivering Postmates, delivering Instacart, uh, which is also shop. Where you you had to do the shopping and the delivery. It was a little because uh, for because uh, I the first ones I did were Postmates and Instacart. Because for those I could use, I could use my truck to do uh, to do those things, and I found it to be hard to park my truck uh, uh, in some of these places. Because I know, I know, whenever I order Postmates, I will order it because um, I'll order like Popeyes chicken from Hollywood Boulevard because I I can't find a, a place to park my car to get the fried chicken from Hollywood Boulevard. So I'll let somebody from Postmates figure it out. So, um, and I realized, oh, that's what everybody else is doing, you mm-hmm. know, too. Either the restaurant is hard to, uh, to park at or the place that I'm dropping it off is hard to park at. And I found that both with Postmates and um, uh, uh, Instacart. So I stopped doing that. And then I started um, uh, driving for Lyft and I would I would uh, rent a car uh, through Lyft to, to do that. They have a program where you can rent a vehicle and, uh, you know, you work off the, the rental for essentially you're working for free for two, three days. And then, uh, mm. the rest of the week, all the profits are, you know, all the profits are yours. Or whatever. Was there and, decent profit? Um, you know, some days there was some days there, you know, there wasn't, um, you know, weekends obviously were, were good late nights, you know, the surge prices and stuff like that, you, you know, uh, uh, you know, you get decent paid. But it was, it still was just sort of hand to mouth stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, between, you know, waiting for my next audition, waiting for my next booking or, uh, or anything like that. Uh, and I, in general, I, I kind of liked Lyft. I mean, I've only had, I've only had like a dozen people I would never want in my car again. Um, but, um, and it wasn't your car, so fuck it. Not my car. <laughs> um, but, um, and I only had two pukers yeah. in two years. But, um, uh, you know, for the most part, and yeah, like I said, uh, I, I was telling uh, uh, Jason, like when COVID happened, uh, that's what I was doing. And I just, nobody was taking lifts. Nobody was getting in the car. Nobody was uh, doing that. And I'm like, fuck, let me switch over to Postmates. Let me see if anybody is ordering food. Nobody was ordering food. Nobody was, you know, doing it for, you know, whatever, like three days in a row. Yeah. And I said, well, I, I'm not making any money with this and I'm paying money for this car, so I better turn it in. And then that's when they shut, they shut everything down like a couple of days later yeah. um, uh, after that. And I had to scramble for, you know, figuring out what was, you know, cause in those early days I was like, fuck, are my landlords going to be cool with this? Is the electric company going to be cool with this? And everybody was, so yeah. that was, you know, it's, it's been fine for me, but um, uh, uh, yeah. And I'll, and I'll probably, Hopefully they'll still be renting cars um, when all this returns to normal, and I'll go just right back to that. But well, you're you know. you're on a hot streak. I mean, you're every time I watch something, I'm like, Jason Beaver, there's Will Beaver. It's Will Beaver. Look at this, it's Will. 
in even stuff from the past that I'm just now rewatching because I yeah. rewatch a lot of old older um series because that's just who I am. But that's um you, you were you're you're on a hot streak, man. Uh yeah. I mean, you know, like anything is business, it's three months of something, six months of nothing. So um yeah. I guess I'm just coming off the three months of something. Uh with you know, superstore ending and irresistible coming out and um all that stuff. But uh no one's uh no one's calling the old ringy dingy uh, anymore you know it's not uh is that a, is that a corporate term a ringy dingy yeah we're gonna go game playing a ringy dingy <laughs> let's just um well yeah. i i sort of feel though that there's like a um, sort of everything is shutting down right now like everybody like ramped up there's all this energy they did short seasons and now everything at the same time is, is sort of closing down and people are revamping you mean like showbiz stuff yeah and i could Uh, be totally wrong uh no i think i think that's uh i think that's actually happening um we there were like there were a couple of times on superstore they they just sent a panic through us where they said uh yeah so we've got to make sure that you know and let me tell you if nbc universal was running the government we would have been out of this thing by november of of last year you're like the fifth Uh, person i've heard say that i mean they were just so strict and so awesome about following the protocols and everything it was it was amazing um the uh uh, maybe lose my train of thought though what was was i talking oh yeah uh we were on set and they and the covid protocol officer or whoever it was yeah it's something like uh, yeah, so we, uh, um, you know, whatever, we need to make sure we follow the regulations and follow the protocols and everything because um, there's another show that had this happen and, um, you know, and we're shutting down. And he said, we're shutting down. Wait, wait what? We're shutting this? No, 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 no. We're shutting down that shit. It turns out it was like Chicago Med or something like that. Um, as it, yeah, there's, ironically, it was Chicago Med that wasn't following medical protocols. Uh, they said, yeah, we're, we, no, we shut that show down. And then we all just went, Oh, thank fucking God. What the hell? Yeah. And the, you know, the, the, the fear of life there's, and also too, we were just like panicking over everything. Like they said, uh, Irene, you need to, you know, you need to report back to, you know, the COVID testing. Um, uh, cause like, oh, fuck, did they find a positive or whatever? It's like, no, it was just inconclusive. And, you know, we just need to get a conclusive result. It's like, Jesus, just lead with that. Yeah. <laughs> So it was tense. It was like it was pretty like anxiety inducing being at work. Uh, uh, yeah. On top of the on top of the anxiety of oh fuck, do they like me at all? You know, do they know I'm a fraud? Um, <laughs> this, are they gonna find out that I'm an absolute imposter here? Uh, so on top of that as well. So yeah, yeah. Well, they were lucky to have you. So just remember that they were lucky to have well, you. At this you point, you could run Hollywood, Jamie. I could. That Hollywood run COVID, Jamie will run <laughs> Hollywood, and I'll raise our child alone. <laughs> uh, you know, I just want to thank Will so much. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been an awesome, hilarious conversation. And I feel like thank you, for, uh, thank you for asking me. I'm glad I finally figured out how to uh, work all this technology to. Uh, yeah, make it no, I'm, I'm glad we made it really, really complicated for you. <laughs> we don't make anything easy. I, I blame society. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, Bieber, you want to know the secret to writing for Conan O'Brien, The Daily Show, and Snoop Dogg? Um, yeah. Me too. That's why we're having big-time comedy writer Guy Nicolucci on the show. Nice. I really need some fresh bits. Around. She want my money, but I got no money. This ain't no savings and love.